0: but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech? An opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is Juliette Lamar, and my guest today is Leif Lambic, and he is calling as the CEO and co-founder of Zane. Hi, how are you, Leif?
2: Yeah, hi. Uh, Nice to to hear about you. (laughs) Thanks for for being here as well.
1: Of course. Um, Why don't you go ahead and give us an overview about Zane?
2: Um, Well, um, Zane essentially is um, kind of like a very flexible and decentralized access control platform um also using um kind of like a hybrid blockchain um solution and using also some um kind of machine learning especially reinforcement learning also to strengthen the, ne- the network basically um and also um kind of like to have a very dynamic whitelisting for example when you're like in a setting of machines um and um yeah so um we started this project basically as a research project entirely um, in, in Oxford University in 2014, and we kind of like involved um, through many different stages um, into what we are now.
1: Wonderful. Um, I'm looking over here. So you use, you use AI in a lot of your, a lot of your things, is that correct?
2: Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, essentially, um, when we started this project, um, we kind of had a um, problem that we wanted to build like a completely decentralized network of actually decentralized intelligence solutions. So, I mean, if you would, for example, imagine like um, Google as a a very, um, of course, strong example of being like a very um, central entity with intelligent solution, of course, um, we kind of like had the idea um, at our department or so to really decentralize the learning itself. So in order to really gather all the data into one single place, we just have the data where it is and learn from the data where it is and then share basically the knowledge only instead of, like, the entire um, data um, from all the different objects. So, for example, um, we had this this kind of, like, robotics case where different robots um, were learning, for example, how to move in a certain room, um, and they were just sharing the knowledge with another robot that is, like, um, for example, positioned in a completely different room um, without, like, seeing each other. But then, of course, you need to also trust the different robots um, because... They were of course not really seeing each other, and they were also not knowing about each other. Um, of course, like one solution is really like this, this, uh, this kind of like centralized solution, where like all the different robots have like an identity, and they just um, share the data into like the central entity, which could be, for example, Google, which could be Facebook, could be whatever. Um, but here we really need to trust each other because we don't even have any um, central entity, and we just share the knowledge. So um, one another example could be, for example, picking robots um, that share the knowledge how to really pick um, a certain um, part, um, and also don't really share all the, 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 for example, private data, but just share like how to really do it. So this is essentially like the idea that we had, um, and it's called basically decentralized machine learning. Um, At the end, I mean, we came up with a platform called the expendable AI network, which is insane. Um, but saying is a bit more than that because what we really learned um, also during the last year especially when we were focusing on really product implementations based on our platform that um, actually what we really need here is access control because at the end the user should always be in the central position to decide whether he really allows to share also his knowledge and his data or not so um, And also in order to really achieve this in a very dynamic way, because otherwise um, you would still have like a central entity to say, OK, this user is allowed um, to be part of the network and this is not allowed to um, be part of the network. We also use like this kind of approach of decentralized uh, machine learning in the network itself. So um, we have like anomaly detection, which is like a machine learning mechanism to say um, whether someone is acting in in a very good way or someone is acting in a bad way. Um, We also have like this kind of like deterministic way of actually deciding who is really um, Trustworthy and who is not trustworthy and each of these entities is actually taking part in this game And is also learning from himself Whether someone is acting trustworthy or not. So this is this is really what we this is really what we um, try to achieve here
1: Wonderful. So what kind of companies do you think would benefit most from from using these this kind of technology?
2: Um, so, um, yeah, that was also like kind of like a learning curve. So um, when we were just like in the university project, um, um, which we were for quite a few years, um, we were basically just developing our platform and didn't really interact that much um, with companies. I mean, we did some formal verifications for existing systems, for different banks, for companies. Um, I mean, we started basically then working together with Mercedes-Benz But especially during the last year, we, as we had like different um, proof of concepts, different pilot systems, we learned that mostly really need to focus here on the machines. Um, So our solution is is basically like an embedded solution because we were also like from the start focusing on embedded hardware, really embedded systems. Um, And um, we could really achieve this like secure channel between the machines based on this access control network. And, um, so last year we won, um, the first Porsche innovation contest, um, against like 120 startups. Um, and this was also like a start, um, start of a very, um, fruitful, um, partnership with Porsche, um, where we actually succeeded also to implement, um, a direct, um, hybrid client system inside of the car, um, on a microcontroller level. Um, and we could basically achieve like a network between different cars. And these cars each have also this kind of like user-centric approach where the user can decide whether, for example, like an insurance company can use a telematic insurance based on the driving behavior data to say um, whether he is paying more or less. Um, Or he can, for example, like um, immediately use peer-to-peer car sharing so he can, for example, um, rent um, his car to to someone else at a specific time. Um, And you can also use it as an offline mode. So currently, in existing solutions, you always need to go via a backend, which means essentially that um, when you're, for example, in a forest and you want to open your car with your mobile phone, um, then this is not possible. Um, but here in our solution, it's completely possible, and you can execute basically like a method, which could, for example, be open the car or open the trunk, for example, with a postman or um, get the driving behavior data for like a telematic insurance or so. You can basically decide um over all these kind of like different methods and it's extremely flexible. So the only thing that you need to do is basically to define this platform once and then when you build a new application it's, it's extremely fast. And this is also what the automotive manufacturers um kind of really need here because currently when they build a car it's already outdated. Um but actually they always um need to think about like what is the user actually wanting in eight years, for example, because this is development cycles um, for cars currently. Um, So this is of course extremely complex. So what they really need to be is being fast and implementing new applications when the car is actually um, being produced. So um, this platform helps them really in being fast of implementing a new solution. One example is here that um, we integrated um, like a DHL trunk opening case um, into the solution. And this took us just half a day to integrate it. Um, and this is, of course, like much faster than what you would do, for example, when building um, a new app in the Apple App Store, for example. Yeah.
1: Wow. So you're really taking. I mean, the car is such is is such relatable technology that most people use every day. You could almost fully automate this car to anticipate your needs. Is that something you'd be working towards?
2: Yes. Um, so basically, so essentially, um, this is really like um, the car itself is like a full participant in the network. Um, and I mean, also what we basically had as a problem was um, when we thought about like this kind of like decentralized intelligent systems as our vision. Um, that I mean, if you use, for example, just a normal blockchain system like Ethereum, they are not as decentralized that you might um, think of. They have a very strong focus, for example, of, of server farms being located somewhere in china or so um where for example you would replace like a known central entity like google with unknown sen- quite oligarchic or almost central entities sitting somewhere in in china or wherever um, because they of course have huge influence over their computing power and also of course um in blockchain systems there is like a like the, the approach of proof of stake And also Ethereum, for example, is is turning into like a more like a proof of stake system. And this also leads to a very um, unequal system at the end, because also the wealth distribution and stake distribution in Ethereum is extremely unequal. And and this is not what we really wanted to to have as a decentral system. We really had in mind that each machine and each object is really having the exact same um, stake in the network. So we also created a new consensus mechanism called um, proof of kernel work, which is extremely energy efficient and also basically um, making it um, possible that we actually integrate this client um, inside the car. And the car is really like a full member. The car is basically mining. I mean, mining not in the terms of um, Bitcoin mining, but actually verifying its own transactions um, and also um, able to verify transactions of others um, in the network. So at the end, we have really a decentralized network of cars and only between these cars, all the transactions are processed and there's no really interaction needed from the car manufacturer itself because at the end, it's like a kind of like public permission system because the user is the one that is really the owner of the car and he is really the participant in the network using his machine. And um, uh, so the car manufacturer is basically not really restricting anything, but the user is in control. He is really permissioning the system in a way that he decides um, whoever is really entering his car, for example, or using the car data.
1: Wow. Would this also make, if if every car had this, could this also make cars safer in pre- preventing uh, and predicting potential accidents or hazards? Yeah, could the cars uh, communicate to actually, each other?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, well, it's, 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 it's it's at the end. It's a safety function and security function. So this means um, that, um, usually, I mean, currently it's really easy to hack into a car. But here you would yes. basically need to fool the entire network into, a, um, for really hacking into a car, because the car client is really kind of like the single gateway. Everything that goes in and goes out of the car needs to be verified by the um, by the client, and essentially needs to be verified by the network. So. Um, we also allow here up um, offline functionalities which means that you can execute um, a method immediately um, but it doesn't um, really um, well um, prevent anything so after you have executed a method like you open the car with your mobile phone in a direct connection um, all the connections um, that you have made is then directly locked um, with a network and process with a network so this is essentially um, how it works here um, and in terms of intelligent functionalities, um, there is of course the opportunity here to share the knowledge. Um, for example, when it comes to when it comes to autonomous driving, uh, this is very in very early stages. Um, however, because also here you could of course imagine that the car shares the knowledge, um, for example, of how um, it learned to drive. Um, this is this is essentially quite um, quite a nice solution when you imagine, for example, that um, currently. All the autonomous driving functionalities um, are trained, like in very safe functional in, in very safe uh, environments, like in Silicon Valley or uh, I don't know, like in Stuttgart or so in Germany. But essentially, also the cars need to drive um, in very unregulated environments, like somewhere in in India, where cattle are um, walking around the street. This is, of course, not really what the car is essentially learning um, in the first place so here we can think about um, additional intelligent functionalities like learning from different environments and sharing this knowledge um, instead of like sharing the entire um, entire data because of course when you share all the data into one single place it's not really privacy friendly and you basically reveal mm-hmm. all the all the user data um that uh, might be there and this is of course not really um what you would always want to have but sharing the knowledge how to drive in a certain area is of course extremely privacy friendly.
1: Excellent. Yeah. So you're, you're. I, I love that because it's learning, but also you, you're keeping in mind that security is of the, the utmost priority. Um, yeah. What is the biggest lesson? What is the biggest lesson that you've learned through working with these technologies? What, what are some of the things you've learned? Um,
2: I mean, the, the biggest lesson I would say is really that um, at the end, this kind of distributed technology is really an auditing platform. I mean, we all try to achieve. Like all sorts of different um, solutions, they might be extremely fancy and so, but you really need to rely also on traditional technologies. Blockchain itself cannot really solve everything from its own. So you always need to think about hybrid systems. You need to think about what is really the benefits that blockchain really brings here and what is also the benefits that traditional technologies bring. I mean, also database technologies have solved uh, many different problems in terms of scalability and so so we need to think about like really hybrid approaches here in order to really make it production ready because at the end we want um that this technology is also used in our daily life but um in order to really achieve this we really need to think um basically beyond like the 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 boundaries of just blockchain or just database systems
1: exactly so where do you where do you see that going what is your what is your ultimate ultimate goal
2: um so um our goal is really um to, to think basically beyond, like, this pure technology. And um, so we're currently um, also experimenting um, with, like, more um, hybrid approaches. Um, I mean, we already have our processor clients, which um, themselves are quite, quite like, um, a hybrid approach. Um, so they're basically mining, mining clients, but they have, um, like, a recursive pyramid data structure, which might sound abstract, but um, essentially means that it doesn't store everything so it can process all transactions but over time um the storage density decreases um but it can always match up with like the entire with the entire full clients um so this is really um um like a like a kind of really hybrid approach here but it has the necessary um storage really in order to um be implemented inside for example a car which has of course um restricted um storage here um so um i mean and on the other hand of course like there is a lot of um scalability problems um that we need to solve um where we think about like sharding networks which is um also like in this um plasma strategy of ethereum um quite a large um um portion also that they try to solve. Um and and also um we think about um hash graphs now. So um there's a lot of really hybrid um solutions that um are taking place here now in the development.
1: Wonderful. Um why why are you using just Ethereum um and not several different ones? Is that for your company?
2: Um so um yeah i mean i mean we are quite agnostic towards that i mean we use um we use like saying for um, the machine network and we currently basically see us um as kind of like the machine network or the machine um, ethereum basically um but i mean we're actually from the code um quite far away from like actual ethereum we just integrate evm um uh-huh. the evm which is like the ethereum virtual machine Makes it possible to basically for corporations um, to write um, smart contracts in solidity, which many corporations already know how to do, um, which is quite nice for them. Um, so we basically offer them um, that service. Um, but um, of course, it has like um, certain problems as well. Um, well, at the end, I mean, I think Ethereum has like the most active community, so a lot of good um, developments are coming really from this um, kind of space. Um, but we also look actively for like different solutions and try to combine different solutions and well I mean for example when when you have like a problem when you want to have a protocol between these kind of machines for payments and so we can interact um, or integrate um kind of like all sorts of different solutions. This can be ethereum itself can be um i don 't know stellar can be any kind of protocol um and we also do that so um Uh, We don't really focus on the payment part. We just really focus on the machine and access control part and the security stack. And then, uh, of course, we need um, all sorts of different protocols for different purposes. So at the end, I think it's really a a, a field where we need like an entire ecosystem of different purpose blockchains or domain-specific blockchains.
1: Absolutely. Um, So where can people find out more about your company?
2: So the best way to connect is um, is currently really um, to to write to us. I mean, we have um, a Twitter account. Um, we have, of course, our website. We published um, um, a yellow paper where we have basically all the mathematical details published. Um, we we have a quite an active Medium account where we also publish um, how really our system f- um, functions here in the space. Um we' are also in the process of um of publishing um our code to go open source um this is this is like um not completely trivial for us um because of course we work together with like different um very large companies here um so um it's not like an immediate step but it will happen during the next um, um kind of like ten weeks um so um, yeah, we we were basically I mean we, we kind of like consider us um, to be like in between like the corporations and the community. Um, we of course like not a complete community project, um, but we basically see us as um, as like an integration part.
1: Absolutely. Well, Leif, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a, such a pleasure talking with you, and hopefully, your technology will be everywhere quite soon. I like this idea of never having to <laughs> lock my keys in the car again. My phone will just save the day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you very much, also for um, for being part. Thanks.
1: Of course, of course. That was Leif Lembeck with Zane. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you also.
1: This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast.
0: but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech, and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here,